a big thing is, is that we want to break down these old molds of what intimacy and pleasure is. Welcome to Reclaim Your Radiance, a sex, love, and relationship podcast where our focus is on your most important relationship, the one with yourself. Each episode, we are joined by an insightful guest who shares their story about how they've become their best, most radiant selves, despite diverse challenges. We dive into the depths of loving yourself, creating healthy relationships, and prioritizing pleasure, play, and joy, all while never shying away from the tough stuff. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to this month's episode where we are discussing the beautiful topics of sacred sexuality, sexual healing, and quite a bit of sex magic. To help me out with this discussion, I am joined by fellow sex witch and tantrika Sam Hope. She is an ecstatic dance facilitator, a movement coach, a tantric massage therapist, and a fellow student of sacred sexuality and sexual healing. Together, we discuss what these topics really are to us at their core, how we came to find them ourselves, and suggestions on how you can start along your own sexual healing journey if that's something that calls to you. Or maybe you're here because you're just curious. You are so welcome here. Maybe you're here because you feel like your sexual experiences are stuck and you want to see what else is out there. You are so welcome here. Maybe you want to explore your spirituality from a different angle. You are so, so welcome here. Whatever it is that pulled you toward this episode, I am so excited to share this deeply personal topic with you. Before we start, I'd like to give you a little preview as these topics aren't well known to all. This discussion is so vast and so important to me that sometimes I struggle to put into words the passion I feel towards sexual healing and sacred sexuality and what it truly means to me. Because sometimes it's more of a feeling than something that can be put into words. But after editing this episode, I found that this is what I wanted to leave you with. And instead of putting it at the end as I planned, I wanted you to have it straight away. So here it goes. Sexual healing is our return to wholeness. It is a way to connect deeply with the world around us and the people in it. And most importantly, with ourselves, with our desires, with our power. Sexual healing offers us a way to connect with our spirituality, with our pleasure, to close our eyes and enter our inner worlds, and then bring all of the pleasures and delights from our three-dimensional reality with us. We can then combine our pleasure with the limitless field of energy that can be found within ourselves when we close our eyes. This has the potential to expand your pleasure infinitely. And this is also describing sacred sexuality. In a way, they are the same. Sexual healing is the path that brings us to our own innate sacred sexuality in that it gives us a way to remove, if we so choose, the blockages that have been put in place by society and our upbringings that have stopped us from experiencing our own pleasure in the most deep and nourishing ways that are innate to us. Pleasure is our birthright. And why is pleasure so important? Well, apart from being one of the greatest gifts in this life, experiencing the world through a lens of pleasure, if we all did that, imagine what the world would be like. Sexual healing is not all about sex. It's about radically accepting all that is. It's about showing up with full presence and about letting ourselves experience pleasure. And so, so much more. 
I feel like I could talk your ear off about this for hours and never truly feel satisfied with my answer to you. Maybe it's just something that has to be felt. And now, on to the podcast. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. How are you? Oh, so good. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted to, well, today we are talking about sacred sexuality and sexual healing and a couple things that maybe maybe some people don't really know about. So let's start with kind of, to us, what does sexual healing mean? Sexual healing. Wow. That is, that is a lot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> just, just casually tell me what you think of this massive thing. It's this whole oceanic experience when you're, you're being brought down to the depths of your emotions and things that you've never seen to the most exciting cosmos. Yeah, sexual healing to me is essentially like the curiosity of all the pleasure that you could possibly have. And we'll get more into it talking about our history, but it was more so for me, understanding what sexual healing was, was knowing the difference between when I was having sex and then going on a path of learning more about yoga and meditation and really, really slowing down into my body to know that there were things that were essentially not being attended to. Yeah, sexual healing is a constant process of emotions and pleasures and novelty and shadow work yeah yep <laughs> yeah, like like we said it's a lot we'll dissect that answer we'll we'll talk more about it if anyone's sitting there going oh my gosh i'm so confused <laughs> um yeah as for myself i kind of see sexual healing as like there's kind of two sides to it so there's the side that's you know healing your actual sexuality you know like if you experience pain if you experience dissociation if you have trouble being present, if you have, you know, if you find your mind wandering, if, you know, you, um, I mean, there's different, different like erotic blueprints, which is something that we could talk about here. We might, that might be a whole episode, but, you know, like knowing who you are in this space, in an intimate space, so that you can come into it with the things you know that you need to check off. Like, for example, like you need to deal with all these like stressors in your life before you enter this intimate space. Mm. Um, and so sexual healing can be figuring that out for yourself so that you can show up fully. Um, or it can be, you know, healing from, yeah, some pain that always kind of occurs. Sometimes it can be like, I don't know, a pain in your hip that always appears when you're doing this one move and you don't realize where it's coming from. And it's mm. probably coming from such a deep, deep place inside you. Mm -hmm. So there's like that whole mind, body, spiritual connection, like physical like with a partner, intimate part of sexual healing. And then there's kind of like this other side that I see that's, um, and this is something I'm, I'm really diving into just the surface of it. And I'm really trying to like figure out how to explain this to people because it's like on the edge for <laughs> me. That is, it's healing through sexual channels and healing through sexuality. And, and that means that, you know, using your sexual channels, using your, your turn on and that energy to 
heal other parts of you because that sexual energy is basically like rocket fuel. Like you're, you're applying mm. that to your, like it's when you're, when you're accessing your sexual energy, you're basically like taking a shortcut into your subconscious. And also when, and like, and then that allows you to kind of go in and, and heal something using breath work or other techniques that, yeah, it can, it's a, whew, that's, that's a lot. Sorry, <laughs> I was going really into it, but it, it can get so deep into stuff and, yeah, it can, it can do some magic, magic work. Mm. So those are the kind of the two, two sides of it that I see. Um, and, and both are very potent and yeah, this is kind of where sex magic comes in. Yes. I think it's, it's being talked about so much more these days, but that like sex magic being, you know, it's just, it, it's so, it's, it almost feels like magic because you're like bypassing all this stuff to get underneath it all. Um, and then it's also like associating your healing with pleasure is such a powerful modality to heal, mm -hmm. right? Because then you like want that healing more and it has this like positive association in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. I really liked what you said about the channels and what brought, what came to mind for me is where we turned on and where we turned off. And in relation to when we think about sex and when I think about the world's or like I should say our Western culture's perception of sex is a very, and sometimes vulgar, but like very uh, isolated, compartmentalized way that sex is done, which is essentially penetration. And what we're talking about is this like, mind blowing, embodied, energetic, invisible force sometime that is coming through and awakening all these different parts of yourself. Personally, I've been studying yoga, I've been studying the chakra system. And so when you were talking about this rocket fuel, I have noticed through studying Tantra as a lineage, as a yoga lineage, about pleasure and sensations is that we have all these different energetic channels in us. And so when doing learning more about breath and really slowing down with somebody is that you're noticing that you're actually having this orgasmic potential to feel all these different sensations and see colors and lights and start to also see images or hear things. And that is when you're accessing sexual healing and going into the more classical understanding of sex magic that comes from, it can be yoga or if I was looking into the Celtic and Druids, they would do sex magic. And so it's this ancient knowledge because priestesses of old were all like sexually charged, basically. Yes. Like the, the patriarchy and, you know, like worldwide religion and wipeout of like all these like sacred practices, like these sacred priestesses and witches and everything. Like usually it was through sexual channels, right? Yes, exactly. And then 
I'm loving this. This is going into this this realm now. It's such well, a mystery and sexual healing with two goddesses. Yeah, there. right. Oh my gosh. And so, okay, but sex magic. Sorry, I realized that I didn't explain sex magic quite right, and I've had people be like, "What?" Because I'm like, I'm definitely like on my way to becoming a sex witch. And the more I dip my toes in it, the more I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's the right word." You me. are. Thank a sex witch. I, I appreciate that. Goddess. Um, You're remembering love. Right? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. I I feel like I've said this to a couple people recently and they just look at me and go like, Chris, what, what are you saying? But I recently, because I was researching my own lineage, which is like Celtic and maybe even Viking, if you went that direction. Same with me. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, I'm a white mutt. Um, <laughs> white mutt from the British Isles. <laughs> but... Um, I looked up what the ancient witches of Viking tradition were like some stuff about them. You will never guess what they were called. Vulvas. <laughs> With an O, but still. Like I it love was, it. Right? There was like an accent over the O or something or an A or the A. But it was like, <laughs> they were called vulvas, which I think is very telling. I um, have another one for you. Yeah. So in relation to the Vikings, so the Druids... Apparently, Kant also means goddess mm. in Norse. Yeah, and Kant was, I believe, oh, like, do you remember in the beginning of Regina Tomshauser's, sorry if I butchered that last name, um, her book, Pussy, A Reclamation, which is, oh my gosh, it's amazing, and that might be a whole other episode in itself. <laughs> Shout out to that book. It's amazing if you want to go there and start your sexual healing journey. She describes all the different ways you can like refer to, you know, your pussy, your yoni, your vagina, your, ooh, vagina's a bad word. Um, vagina means sheath for a sword, just by the way, in ancient yeah. German. FYI. FYI. Not this is why clitoris. Right. And that's just the inside canal. It's not the whole thing. That would be your vulva. Um, I know a lot of us listening probably know this, but I love repeating it because it's ridiculous. Um, I, but yeah, I think more people should know about it. I don't right? think everybody does. Yeah. And like that book, that beginning of that book really got me sunk into like, oh, I should call it a pussy. Thank you. Because before I was like a little bit afraid of that word. Yeah. Right. But she did go on to explain how cunt was short for, I think it's part of Kundalini. I think it comes from that root. <laughs> okay. So I was saying to Chris before, I was not going to talk about my other name for my programs that are called Raise Your Kundalini, but now it's coming around. Yeah. Sorry. So I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> so yes, cunt. Also, there is a goddess in Hindu Sanskrit that is called Kanti. Perfect. So, yes, raise your Kantalini kind of makes sense. But anyways, we digress. I did, but, <laughs> but uh, I love I love the tangent. Um, but yeah, so so sex magic. Um, I want to kind of briefly explain that, and then yeah, maybe we can move into what our our experiences have been that have kind of led us here, because I think that can kind of help inform others as to whether or not that's a path they're kind of starting on, or mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because um, we both found it through very different ways, I think. But yeah, so sex magic, it is honestly like one way to describe it and one form of it is basically just manifestation using your rocket fuel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really intense manifestation. Like there's superwoman. It's so good. Like there's a way of, because there's, there's a couple different modalities that really increase your like sexual energy and kind of take it from 
like we've kind of, there's like a 2D sex to 3D sex. There's like this kind of, what did you call it? You called it the... There's junk food sex or there's divine sacred sexuality. Yes. And we will, we will go into that. But yeah, like one of the, like there's basically some of the best tools are really obvious ones. Like you can, um, I guess I shouldn't say really obvious. Some of the best tools are just quite simple and available to us all. Um, there's, you know, movement, there's breath, there's uh, sounding, you know, just making mm. all those lovely noises, which we all just make automatically, but like mm. really leaning into it. Um, there's like your energy channels and your chakras. And I think those are the main four. I might've said five, but those are like some of the main ways to get there. But like, oh my gosh, there's this like really potent sex magic modality where you like basically like go around with your energy through all your chakras and then like orgasm or, or get to some peak and then like shoot this energy out of your crown and then like <laughs> seriously and then like allow it to all kind of like distill back through you and just like affirm with a yes on each one on each chakra as it mm. kind of goes back down and sinks back into your body but the trick is that you've like pictured what you want using five senses to like really kind of package it into this like gift for yourself and when you like shoot that energy out of your head you basically shoot that like image into the universe yes and then when you take it back inside you you're kind of like allowing your body to feel what it would have what it would feel like to have that i don't know this anyways that's a very short very quick way of talking about no like, i something love it really large but that's one that's one way i understand sex magic Hello, Editing Chris here. I love how excited we both are about getting into this conversation and sometimes a little too excited about important pieces of the puzzle that are perhaps a little bit lost. So I wanted to clarify the why of sex magic. The beauty of the method I just described is that it doesn't only use your conscious mind to visualize your goals. Using altered states of consciousness, one of which is when you are in deep levels of your own pleasure, allows us to visualize our goals from our unconscious mind. This is a powerful way of getting us closer to what we want. Instead of repeating affirmations and visualizing with just our prefrontal cortex, we are seeping images of our desires deep into our unconscious mind, allowing them to manifest into our lives with greater ease. Another piece of this is the seven affirmations of yes that you can repeat to yourself after finishing and energetically sending out your dream into the universe. These affirmations allow your dreams, your goals, your visions to feel safe within your body. A lot of the time, our body doesn't actually let us dream big dreams because it actually doesn't feel safe in one way or another to imagine having the object of our desires. For example, if we wanted to make a million dollars, does having a million dollars feel safe in your body? Check in right now. Does it? Or does a lot of money remind you of evil corporations and people who have done unethical things to acquire that wealth? That belief around money is a story that you've made up in your head. You've likely had help to create that story, as we all have, but that belief is in you nevertheless, and your body thinks that that belief is keeping you safe. And so manifesting using our unconscious minds, then allowing the sensation of having the object of our desires to permeate through our bodies while simultaneously telling ourselves that it is safe to have this thing and pleasurable is unbelievably powerful. And I hope that that explained it a little bit more. And now, back to the podcast. 
Yeah, I, it's funny that you were bringing up the Druids and the Celts because I literally just got this book from Victoria. It's Celtic sex magic. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and yeah, it talks about how meditation, I don't know if you mentioned that. Medit mindfulness being, sorry, the fifth one would be mindfulness. Yes, yes. so meditation is is the is the image so my understanding of sex magic is essentially you're getting the body ready with a breath and with the pleasure and the touch and the toning and things like that and then when you are going to essentially peak you think of an image in your third eye and all that energy of rocket fuel Rocket fuel! Rocket fuel! Rocket man! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially sends it into the astral realm. And then this helps all of this beautiful energy. Because the thing is, is that pleasure is life-giving. If you look at nature, and this, I think this lends more into what we're going to go into in, in sexual, more about what sexual healing is versus the whole encompassing world of what pleasure and sexuality and sacred sexuality and yeah in creativity can be versus again this very western patriarchal pretty much sometimes like quite aggressive dominating kind of sex shameful intercourse resulting only in babies and you never talk about it again yes <laughs> shout out to the Catholic Church. <laughs> Not to offend anyone. I am also a spiritual religious person, but anyways, the institutions were kind of yeah. uh, they they stamped out a lot of female sexuality and a lot of <laughs> women being a part of religion, basically, right? Like they kind of stamped out our part in it, like our high priestesses and our our tantricas, you know. I'll, I'll just drop a little statistic and then come back, but 10 million women were killed during the Inquisition in Europe. Nobody ever talks about this. This is, a, this is from one of Starhawk's books. And sorry, I, I can't remember the name right off my head, but Starhawk is a witch, also Gemini, uh, <laughs> like Chris, that talks a lot about ritual and, and feminism, but yeah, 10 million women were killed during the rise of modern medicine in the, during the plague and they were scapegoated as witches, but they were, were doing rituals and they were close to the land and, and herbalism and all these things. Yeah. So anyways, that breaks my heart. Yeah, it's intense, right? But mm -hmm. that's why we are uh, the feminine. I feel like the feminine is rising. And that's why it's so important to talk about female pleasure and sexuality and also the, the multidimensionality of pleasure and that it is connected to nature. Yes. I once heard one of my girlfriends describe being a witch as just being really connected to something. And being really in tune with it so you can be like a, a witch for nature and you can be a witch for sexuality and you can be a witch for even like science right like and, and it's just like being really connected and knowledgeable and like kind of in the roots with it i'm not sure how much i identify with that 
but yeah, there's just, there's, again, there's so much powerful feminine energy rising in the world right now. Like I think we can all kind of sense it and it's just such a wonderfully beautiful, exciting time to be alive. I feel so honored to be the one who gets to do the work that I'm doing because Mm -hmm. it, it speaks to generations past of women who didn't get this privilege, right? Like think about 50 years ago, 50 years ago in the 1970s, I believe maybe it was 1950, but like, I'm fairly certain I've got this right. Women couldn't have a credit card without it being in their husband's name Mm -hmm. in this, in this part of the world. That is crazy to me. Like, and so, so much of our well-being was attached to pleasing a man Mm -hmm. so that they didn't get angry and discard us or whatever else or replace us or like, right. There's so much fear there that we have to prioritize somebody else's pleasure and their enjoyment of life over our own, right? Like, of course we've been taught to do sex in a way that kind of missionary. Yeah. Missionary and highlights the man and all this. And people are waking up to this, which is so beautiful because like, Oh, I was intimate with somebody recently that, that looked at me and was like, I mean, the way I understand it, the more you focus on the woman, the better it is. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) this is of course a heterosexual example, but we all get, (laughs) we all get that. But like, of, of course that's there. Of course, all that heavy intergenerational trauma is present in like in almost all women because that's what we've inherited Mm -hmm. from the matriarchies of our families Mm -hmm. is this we had to please the men in the world to be able to survive so yes you're touching on something that's really hitting home so my path around sexual healing was that I personally going back to little little girl Sam I was always playing in nature I was always very curious and when I got my period I was excited yes family life I was telling my sister probably too young but family life learning about sexuality I was so excited I got caught you know chasing around the boy that my stepmother was babysitting at the time, trying to kiss him at like eight. And I, my first book <clears throat> at, that I got at 14 was this book that was called Just Deal With It. And it was this girl that was like flashing, but she had her, you know, like it, like it was for teenagers, but she had her underwear on, but it was about mental health, addiction, and sexuality. Was this a good lens or a bad lens? This is a good lens. Okay. So it was all about sexual health. And I was obsessed with this book. And my friends pulled their money and got it for me for my birthday. Because I would just be at like Cole's Books by myself just researching. I love this. Right? And so it was always had this in me. But my family and my mother's side had dealt with a lot of sexual abuse. And so we're, you know, we're getting into this kind of witch burning. And from my impression, my family was also my mother's side is Norwegian. So there's strong women, but also within this repressive historical time. And that energy, I guess, was preyed on. So that's why I'm so excited about all this. And in my own life, it was hard to feel naturally inclined towards pleasure 
in curiosity, but then also have this fragmentation and conflict of feeling like sex is also harm. And through my own self-pleasure exercises and through some of the shadow side of me also mixing drugs and alcohol to essentially get that side out in in a way that made me feel like I was breathing life to a part of myself, but also felt like it was probably not a good thing, was that's how I was experiencing sex. And then yoga and that and whatnot, then I started to really cleanse all of that. And I think that a lot of people probably could speak to that culture of wanting to essentially numb themselves to experience something that is really natural and life-giving. It's almost like an oxymoron. Well, pleasure is like lately the kind of saying that's been coming up in my life is pleasure is your birthright. Yeah. For all of us. And it's one of the things that people have the hardest time enjoying and really embracing. And it's so strange. Like that's such an interest. Well, I'm going to choose to call it interesting instead of all of the other words we could use that like, that's what our society has come to that pleasure is this like taboo thing. Um, and that's, that's kind of where actually another um, saying the word taboo some of the greatest learning and growth you can do in your life is to move towards the things that bring that are taboo. So that's mm. another way in which sexual healing can be so powerful is that go towards the thing that you're that feels like a taboo. And this isn't a kink thing because kink can also be described as, you know, just whatever feels taboo to you. This is like, you know, if death feels taboo to you, go hang out in a graveyard. That's where you're going to find your edge. That's where you're going to find your growth. So same with sexual healing that like head towards the thing that feels like taboo and you will find such great growth. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Do you have like an example of where you were meeting that edge and your curiosity around something that was taboo for you? Sex didn't feel taboo to me. And I actually came to sexual healing through kind of in, in, two different ways in that for the for the one side of it like i've always been very open about these things like i've i came to start this podcast very like from a place of just this is this has always been inside me i've been the person who was like encouraging other people's sexuality from a young age and Yay. like i was i was that girl <laughs> right i like figured out i was bisexual at 15 and i was like very open about that <laughs> and like encourage other people to like embrace that part of their identity and stuff like that like that was always kind of part of my truth. And I've always loved the relationship side of it and stuff like that. Like, and I, I feel like, I feel like I have a, what I'm going to call a good perspective on relationships. Um, but then I experienced a ton. Well, I have been, let's say for the past five years, I've been experiencing a lot of sexual pain. So pain through intercourse. And lately I've been, and I've tried so many different modalities and I've tried like going at it from a pelvic physiotherapist, from multiple different ones, from an osteopath. I've had every like test you can imagine to go see what's wrong there. Like nobody can find anything. And what it finally came and like, it's, it's still there. Like it's, it's getting a little bit better, but it's still there. And what I think has happened, if I had to guess right now is that I was 
deeply in love with somebody five years ago. And I like, it was, it was insane love. Like it was crazy, crazy out of this world. And then I left to go traveling and left him behind. And so I didn't get any closure. I didn't get any, and like, and it kind of, we didn't really resolve things. We kind of were just like, hopefully we're still available when I get back. And I don't know when I'm going to get back and okay, bye. Right. And it just ripped me apart. Mm. And I, it took me so long to realize this, but basically I think what happened was there was that shock because that's when the pain started happening is when I left. And right before I left too. So I think in anticipation of me leaving, there was like this kind of constriction and it's this like contracting, which kind of caused these like nerve endings to want to send me signals of pain instead of signals of pleasure. Mm. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's in one specific spot down there. And what I think happened after that was then I, you know, I want to fucking have intercourse, you know, it's fun and it's, it's beautiful way to connect with people. And so I would, go to engage in intimacy and I would go places that my body wasn't okay with mm. because it wasn't, it hadn't deal, dealt with that. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I had no way of knowing. I was, I, I had no way. I didn't know half the things I know now. And so there was, I think what happened was that I continuously kind of forced myself into something that my body wasn't okay with. And so eventually it just became this, like, it was more that, Ooh, my body's going to tense up because this might happen again. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. it's so far from that original pain, but then I just kind of, I got to a place where I was, I wanted something in my mind that my body would no longer allow. And so I have, I had to come to sexual healing. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. That sounds hard, but that's like, that is the intelligence of the pussy and the soulfulness of divine sexuality because what it's trying to do is protect me yeah and that that is protection and and the thing is is that you know again in western culture kind of bringing it back to junk food sex yeah (laughs) and i I am not (laughs) shaming anyone no have your experiences have your journeys do whatever the fuck fuck any way you want the thing is is that what i found actually in my 30s and i think that there is something about chronological age that you go through different stages is that in my 20s i was exploring i was like i said i was also drinking a lot and and just having more random sex, more promiscuous, whatnot, loved it. It was such a huntress archetype, huntress vibe, Sagittarius adventure, like, oh, you look cute. Can I get you? Yeah, I can. Anyways, then in my- Such a vibe. I love it. <laughs> we are a sex positive podcast. Yes. Oh, predator play, role play is fun. Anyways. Okay. I digress. So- in my 30s, I was also feeling a lot of psychic messages. If I had once, um, I went through a really hard relationship with somebody who had mental health and, and we were polyamorous and it was like my body, mind, soul was so connected and so loud. Mind you, I 
I'd stop drinking and things like that. But with partners, I was so connected to them that I could feel them like where they were. Like I remember my roommate um, who I was having sex with a lot and we weren't in a relationship. I could feel him coming up the driveway. Like I knew he was coming. Wow. That's how psychically connected my pussy was with his, I just want to say cock, um, with his being. And so therefore, when we're sex positive, it is also good to have discernment with who you're connecting with because you are connecting, you are connecting cords, they say. So it's energetic cords. And so if you have this like, divine love with somebody and there was no cutting the cords, there was no release and maybe part of you still wanted this, your body is going to maybe, like you said, be like, I don't actually body, mind, soul really want to connect to that person. My primal, my lower chakras, my primal mammalian being wants to get it on. Mm-hmm. But my soul wants that person. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I do have, I think I'm polyamorous in my soul, to be honest. Yeah. So there is like, I think I honestly did want, yeah, every person, but there was this fear. I don't, I, it's hard to explain. I'm still, I'm still digging into it. This is only yeah. like recent realizations. For example, that, yeah, that like, clenching is this protection through this like it's this deep sadness that kind of locked itself in there and it's trying to protect me from feeling that like like and the thing is i'm such a loving person who's very in tune with my own sadness like i actually kind of enjoy feeling sadness when it's a release right like i actually feel joy about my sadness well, and that's pleasurable and it, right again it <laughs> like a good cry can feel so yeah. good orgasmic right <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to explore, and I'm excited to really dive deeper into it. Yeah, and when I was saying that, I wasn't like again. It's not the one soul, but I've just realized is that like the discernment in my 30s and all the shadow work, shadow work meaning like coming, sitting with my body, sitting with my feelings, is that I realize that I personally jumped a bit fast with people. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely think that there are so many different ways to connect and you may have like many souls that you love. But the difference between junk food sex, keep on saying this, and divine sexuality, I think is that there are more... Um, of these centers we were talking about being turned on and like being aware of that. Like turned on in your, like in all your chakras, for example. Yeah. Right? Like, like your heart, your heart connecting can be to your on. heart, yep. connecting to your, your sacral center, your sacral as the sexuality center, connecting to your mind. Mm-hmm. And then also having this, they say that the heart is kind of, the equalizer between the lower chakras and the higher chakras. So you can look to your mind for discernment and intuition from your heart. 
You can also look down and see how are you turned on in this primal way, but have this great equalizer, manager, this whole system mm -hmm. is turned on and at play versus like when people, I think again, we're trained to view sex as an objectifying thing. It's like, okay, this person's hot. And then I, I like, I haven't had sex in a while. I want to get penetrated. So I'm going to go to a bar. I'm going to find somebody that's kind of attractive, take them home, not really know them. You know what I mean? And then, and then I think that that's, that's junk food sex and junk food sex sometimes can be fun. It's like adrenaline. It's more of that dopamine. And, and then that, so another way to put that, like the, the kind of language I use for it, or I was using for it is 2d versus 3d sex. And mm -hmm. so 2d being, I got to a point where I felt like I was just, I was acting out sex, right? It was, it was this <laughs> comedy. Well, no, but it was this like, totally like, like playing out this charade of what I'd been taught subconsciously through media. It's none of our faults. We were all taught it yeah. through all of like media and society and expectations and porn and whatever else, right? That like, this is what you do and these are the steps. And that's like an easy thing to just follow, especially when you're in such a vulnerable position, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and like not even when you have your clothes off, just the whole thing is very vulnerable, right? Like somebody's really looking at you. Somebody is seeing your whole being, right? And, or like you hope so, <laughs> um, but you know, in the right situation, again, no judgment. If you're just there for a fucking, you go, it's all good. No, but we've, we've all done that. It's fun. going for some smarties, right? Go some Skittles. And, exactly. Some junk food. Um, <laughs> but like, and that's, that's 2d, right? And that's kind of, but there's 3d that kind of involves like the cosmos and like an energetic sex. And like, I guess that's a whole other thing that like some people don't connect with those ideas, but that you want to connect with somebody at the heart level and at the mind level. And yeah, again, like turning on multiple erogenous zones and taking your time with it. And I think even like we mentioned it so briefly at the beginning, but going slowly is such a powerful tool mm -hmm. of just slow everything down because it really makes you think about what you want to ask for, what you don't actually want, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And that's just, it's again, it's, it's simple, but it's something that we weren't taught that isn't part of our usual language with this. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it also got to a point where I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't mm -hmm. do the same thing over and over again mm -hmm. that isn't satisfying me in this way because I know that there's deeper ways to connect. And it's kind of, so 2D being just like, okay, let's act out. And there's also like this goal of orgasm that's in it, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, yep, let's, let's do the thing and let's go towards getting off. And something that really helps with kind of the definition of sex moving away from this like heteronormative space is even just like picture two people of the same gender or just any other combination than just heterosexual sex of, okay, what does sex mean to you then? Right. That completely takes out that whole like intercourse thing and goes, okay, then you have to find a different definition to play within. And then it allows you to kind of broaden what that means. Like it's, it's anything that leads towards pleasure or it's anything pleasurable. And then all of a sudden you can just play for a couple of hours and just kind of play with each other's bodies and just be present and, and not really have this, like that goal of orgasm, I think poisons our mind. I love that. Exactly. It's like the saying, 
It's about the journey, not the destination. Exactly. And that's like, the thing is, is that pleasure is, is kind of like a ritualizing, ritualizing life and ritualizing pleasure is a choice in your life. And the whole world and, and your whole, your whole life can become so juicy and that's erotic. Mm-hmm. It's like slowing down and like eating, uh, you know, I'm going to say something cliche, but like eating food together and like eating chocolate can be, I, w- I was doing this with my friend the other day and he was like, oh my God, I'm so turned on by us just like feeding each other chocolate because we were breathing and I'm like, touch it to your lips mm-hmm. and and yeah, like like you're saying, the playfulness, being in the moment, right? It's the just curiosity, right? Like it's, I think at a certain point we kind of took the playfulness out of pleasure, and even like the goal of pleasure out of sex, right? It became this this destination instead of this like journey of pleasure. And it was like supposed to be. It's like I'm serious. I'm an adult. And now, well, I mean, it came from a lot of religion, right? It did it come did. from about producing babies. Yeah. There's just, it, it's funny that, but okay, I love that as a species, we have sex for pleasure, but that also sex is what results in babies. Like, I fucking love that those <laughs> things are together. Like, that is so evolutionary intelligent, being like, we're going to make it really fun to make more <laughs> of this species. I liked what I liked what you were saying about bringing in the expansiveness of what you're learning around all of the pleasure and how we almost need a different name. That's what I've been thinking about in relation to sex. There's like sex and there's pleasure and there's intimacy. It just seems like when you're talking about sex it's like, again, people just go to this very narrow view mm-hmm. as that we're talking about pleasure and intimacy. Like you can have, you could have like an energetic orgasmic experience with somebody by lightly touching their skin mm-hmm. and breathing and looking into their eyes. And you can even put body parts together and even have that eruption coming from your lower being that comes all the way up your body and it feels like tingles and yeah that sex i guess but it's more like you know what that something made me, else you know what that made me think of though that's another way to think of sex magic like, <laughs> i love sex magic, I, i'm sorry but... i keep bringing back to sex magic i'm gonna have to name this sex magic and sexual healing but like that when you have sex in a more embodied present way that prioritizes pleasure instead of a destination, it becomes magical. Yes. Right? Like it becomes, there is more magic in it because like we can experience magic through meditation, right? That's all it is, is taking like mindfulness and mindfulness and breath work. I know we all talk about other buzzwords at this point, but like, damn, they work. And there's some potent shit behind those doors. Like, Holy crap. And taking that in to these experiences, you can completely have an altered state of consciousness through breath work. Yeah. Right? And so you can be like doing certain types of like deep open mouth breathing during sex and that will bring you 
to a whole new state. Like you don't need drugs. You can do that yourself. It will increase certain chemicals in your body and actually give you those physiological changes. We are a great chemistry lab. We are literally, we have everything in front of us, all the chemistry (laughs) we need. And actually another thing I wanted to say was that if, you know, if you're like, eh, pleasure doesn't like interest me, maybe I just like, one of the arguments to it is that the longer you stay at the like pleasurable plateau, that's actually where all the health benefits come from. So the longer you stay in that turned on state between turn on and between orgasm, there's that plateau where you're just kind of feeling great. That is where all of the healthy chemicals get released in your body and give you all those health benefits. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember researching more about this is that oxytocin, which women, women, we get that when we're, when we're in pleasure, when we're feeling connected to the heart, whatnot, oxytocin actually makes cells divide. So when you have oxytocin, serotonin, that's been flooding with your system, you're actually producing more cells and increasing your longevity. And when we're in a world that's always so, so about producing and production and going, 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 a lot of the time it's producing cortisol, stress hormone, which actually in a Petri dish, they did an experiment and it is, that's when cells don't divide. Mm -hmm. So this is where, you know, John Lennon was like saying, stay at home, (laughs) make love, stay in bed, not war. It's like, the thing is, is that pleasure is life-giving and it's regenerative. And it's like, I also, the reason why I think this is so important for the world is that if we're more in love and we're actually meeting each other in this more multi-orgasmic state, then we're going to be less addictive. We're going to treat nature better because we're going to see how we're much more in love with life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well said. So now that we've (laughs) dived into all these topics and hopefully you don't have whiplash because we just went so (laughs) many different beautiful places, uh, I wanted to bring it back to kind of tangible ways in which you can follow, like if if you're resonating with this, if you're like, oh my God, I want to start my own sexual healing journey, amazing. If you don't, also amazing. You do you. some places you can start. Um, so I'm gonna volunteer one place you can start, which is a yoni egg. A yoni egg or crystal egg or jade egg, if you've heard that term, um, if you haven't, go look it up. It's basically this rock egg and be careful about which type of crystal or rock you put in there because some of some rocks are porous and you don't want porous rocks because then you can have bacteria that goes in there and forms. But as long as you have something that's like full, like that's why glass, um, sex toys are really great because it's non-porous. Jade is non-porous. Obsidian's non-porous. Crystal too. But it's this ancient teaching from Taoism where you like, and if if you're taking it from like a purely like, if you take all the spirituality out of it, it's basically you're just doing kegels on a rock egg inside <laughs> your vagina, and it's you know giving you better strength. Yay! You're working pelvic it out. floor strength, which is great. That's very healthy. The other way to do it is from more of a like spiritual place where you have a relationship with this egg, where the different stones can have different characteristics. You know, like obsidian plays with 
um, a lot of like drawing out of negative energies and can be very powerful, but also like too, like pretty strong to use all the time. Like it's literally lava, but then like Jade is really balancing and like you can, yeah, again, like have this kind of relationship with the egg and use it in a way and like do kind of spiritual rituals around the egg. And I kind of like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, look it up, do some, like there's some, a couple books that I can put in the um, episode description about this, but uh, it's, it's really magical. Yes. To add to that is to ritualize, ritualize your own self-pleasure exploration. Yes. Yes. So what I, what I do is I literally have this lambskin rug and I have my little place that has, um, I have my, why can't I think of the, the, what it is now? My altar. Thank you. I have my altar and I have my egg there and whatnot. And I essentially lay down and take full deep breaths from my chest all the way into my womb. And then I place my hand on my pussy and on my heart. And then I literally feel the energy. And then, and then I just like am touching my skin, like exploring with my fingertips, maybe on my breasts, maybe on my side and breathing and just really feeling that sensory experience. And then over time, I found that if you do this, like say in the morning, you could even do it for, you can even also in bed, you don't even need to, you just put your hand on your pussy and your hand on your heart and even talk to her. Talk to her. Yep. Cause you know what? Listen for her answers. Cause she knows the answers. <laughs> yes. Like you start, like I've, now with this, with, with being mindful and asking her questions, literally I can be in a conversation with somebody and it's a, a fuck yes. And my pussy will have electrical charge because okay. you're just like, you're, you're physically and you're in mindfully being like, I want to connect to my pussy Yeah, because we don't do that usually. Yeah. So doing that at night or in the morning and yeah, just like lightly starting to understand what turns you on as a ritual for yourself. And then you can start to really know what you want from others. Yes. You have to know yourself first. And I think like, and there is such a difference between, and it is tempting to just be like, oh, like I don't have too much time. Like you know, we can all get ourselves off of a vibrator in a couple minutes, like whatever, or whatever your speed is, everything's fine. Everything's accepted. You are welcome here. But there's such a difference between quickly doing it just again to like get that destination of an orgasm. Okay, let's, let's go back to whatever we were doing before. And like opening up a space where you feel comfortable to explore where it's your time, right? Like giving yourself the time that you deserve to explore your pleasure by yourself. And yes, making sure that you don't have like that nobody's going to interrupt you, making sure that like this is your space and it's safe, mm -hmm. right? And like giving yourself, like if you have a way to set up a ritual space, like you said, with an altar, like, candles. you know, like candles or Incense. something, something that signifies that this is your space to explore mm -hmm. and play for yourself. Mm -hmm. It can be as simple as like a special blanket that's only used for that 
mm-hmm. or, you know, like something that just makes it different, a candle or whatever it is. That's really important because it gives you that permission mm-hmm. to play and to be fully authentically you. Like it only takes a little bit to set up this ritual space and to just go, oh, I can fully go into it. And it just, it really does create this whole mindset shift. Yeah. I like the, like taking your time with yourself and it's amazing what comes up. It's amazing what you discover you want when you take your time. Yeah, exactly. And also another thing you can do too is dance to yourself that energizes that rocket fuel. Mm. If you're breathing and you're shaking your hips and you're dancing and you're even like looking in the mirror and then slowly you can progress to like sexy dancing to your own reflection. Oh yeah. I do that every day. (laughs) Yeah, girl. Me too. Yes. So, and so like going back to those kind of five elements that again, just like try to bring those in, like just, just, just experiment with it. Try a little bit of mindfulness, right? Like be really present in your body. Um, try a little bit of breathing. Just, just try changing up the breathing. What does like, oh, I can breathe like with my mouth open in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really powerful one. Very simple, very powerful. Try just like moving your hips around, right? Try like kind of just That like, actually swirls the it energy. It really does. That's a Kundalini exercise. Just, just kind of swirl it around. Like just like, just and it, it's, it's like so, a cauldron. It's like a cauldron. <laughs> that, that is a word that they use for it yeah. in the Taoist culture. And so, yeah, just like move your hips around, move, move just a little bit. Like you can connect your energy if that's something that you connect with. Um, if that's not part of your world, then, you know, just kind of take what, take what works for you, leave what else, leave what doesn't work for you, as with everything. Um, but if, you know, if you are in touch with your energy channels and that's something you work with in your life, attached to your chakras, you know, just kind of like work your way up and down and play with your chakras, play with, you know, sending sexual energy from your base to your heart, to your third eye, you know, like kind of send it around your body. There's, again, there's so many like more kind of established practices, but this is just a way you can play with, with it yourself. Hey, just a quick recap here, because we had a lot of trouble in this moment remembering all the tools. So there is mindfulness, breathing, movement, energy, and sounding. Sounding being the one we forgot here. Let all the sounds out. Let them express whatever is true for you in the moment. And try not to fall into making just the sounds that we've been taught to make. And now remember, as I drop you back into the dialogue, that we couldn't quite remember them at all in this moment. And then Sam had an excellent point. I'm not exactly sure right now, but curiosity. Hmm. Having curiosity and... Not having expectations. I read that in my Urban Tantra book today. The big thing is, is that we want to break down these old molds of what intimacy and pleasure is. So if I'm curious about, ooh, oh, wow, that feels really good on my skin. Oh, what if I use this little toy? Oh, what if I start to, you know, with a lover, be like chase each other around? Like we're animals. Mm-hmm. Acceptance of what is. Yeah, Acceptance the novelty. of whatever your experiences are. Like if you feel numb to your pleasure right now, deep acceptance of that and like even just trying to love that numbness, mm-hmm. right? Like if something comes up that you don't like, try to love it. I know that sounds 
Maybe it's presence. Presence, well, presence will be part of that because being truly present, I think, is a way of acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. Of just meeting it in acceptance of like, this is what my experience is, is today. Okay. And yesterday you could have had like weird, crazy energy orgasms. And today you're like, oh, I don't feel much. I'm like, that's, that's cool. You know, that, that's your experience. Honor and dignify your experience. It's the authenticity of what is naturally arising, mm -hmm. which can be actually really pleasurable. Yeah. So you can connect to a person and they're like, they're crying and it kind of, it turns you on because they're so. Oh, I've had that experience. That's yeah. so fucked. But it's because they're. They're so in touch with their feminine energy. It's so hot. Yeah. But they're so in touch with the truth. Yep. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. It's, and I mean, Tantra is ultimately truth. Yes. Right? It's being in service to what is true. And what is true is only really what's true for you, right? Like you can only evaluate truth from your own perspective and mm -hmm. your own truth. Like that is what is true for you. So sticking with that and honoring that. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Right in the waves <laughs> of our oceanic pleasure possibility yes oh my goodness well we could continue talking about this for so long but i think maybe we're we're wrapping it up here so is there anything else that you're you're dying to get out there is there anything is there any last thoughts you want to put out there before we talk about where people can find you and where what what things you're you're doing and celebrating <laughs> at the moment thank you so much chris this has been so much fun I would like to say to the world that try to be really present and slow down and be curious about yourself and others. And you'll find a lot of these little diamonds that is you, that is there in the rubble to be discovered around pleasure. Like what, it, what is it? It's this life is this mysterious plane of constant self-discovery and that's beautiful so yeah thank you that is beautiful <laughs> pleasure is your birthright and why not try to feel more pleasure in everything you do do you mm. ever have a moment where you kind of just think why am i not having fun right now <laughs> And it's like, and you could just be like at the grocery store, you know, and you're like, how can I make this more fun? How can I make this more pleasurable? Right? Because pleasure isn't just sexual pleasure. Pleasure is everything. Like, how can I, like, I can hum while doing the dishes. That's pleasurable. Like, I can, you know, like whatever it is, just, just see if you can play a game and just like, how can I make this moment or this thing more pleasurable? Because like, ultimately, that is one of the greatest joys of being alive. Totally. All right. All right, Miss Sam. Um, if people want to find you doing things, if people want to follow you and find one of the many magical things you offer into this world, where would they go and what would that be for? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram. It's my name. It's uh, Samantha underscore Faye, F-A-Y-E underscore creatrix. C-R-E-A-T-I-X-X three eights. Don't worry, it's all written down in the episode description as well. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> Creatrix means essentially uh, 
the creatrix is the feminine energy of creativity. Uh, and I run women's sacred sexuality and empowerment programs uh, called Blossoming Desire, where we go through all the different chakras and you learn about how to balance out what you want in your life in relation to pleasure and getting to know yourself more. And I also do dance activation events uh, and dance rituals in nature. Uh, so, yeah, come check me out. And thanks for listening. And thanks so much, Chris. It's been so much fun. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of Reclaim Your Radiance. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and came away with some valuable insights, the absolute best way you can show your support and appreciation is by sharing it with your friends or on social media. Your support is absolutely invaluable. To connect, find us on Instagram at Hell of a Hall or on TikTok at Reclaim Your Radiance. Or you can sign up for our mailing list to receive bonus content and stay in touch with what's happening in the world of Reclaim Your Radiance, including local workshops, retreats, self-love courses, personal one-on-one -on -one coaching, and so much more. Head on over to the episode notes in the show description to find those links, and we hope to hear from you soon. All right, everyone, until next time, stay radiant.